This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. No days off. No days off. No days off. No days off. This is the Off Day Podcast. Give me a chest ball. With Andy Hart. All right, good to be with you. All right. This microphone week. put up a little less fight than the one last night. <laughs> and Ryan Hannibal. What's your name again? <laughs> Hannibal. Oh, Hannibal. 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 Oh, Mr. Fight. on weei.com. Last regular season podcast of the year for the Patriots, 33-24 loss to the Dolphins. Uh, you could take for what you want from the game. It doesn't really mean anything for playoff standings. They're playing the Bills. That was going to happen kind of – that was a possibility, win or lose. Um so that doesn't really matter, but you go into the playoffs uh, not playing your best, that's for sure. Uh, far from your best. Three of the last four games have been very similar. Slow starts, mistakes. Uh, finally, somebody said what I've been saying, Devin McCourty. What, how do you describe it? Bad complimentary football, like making mistakes in all three phases to hurt the other two phases throughout. Um, it, it's almost like they've written a new script for who they are as a team. We're going to start slow. We're going to make some early mistakes. We're going to let you build a lead. And then we're going to try to come back and we're going to fight. And what Bill say last week, answer the bell in every round or whatever. And, and what does it mean? Nothing. It means you lost three of your last four games. Correct. You're not a very good football team right well, now. I give Mac Jones credit. That was the narrative after the game. Does it say something? A lot of effort. And he basically, we lost the game. Yeah, somebody needs to take his shoelaces away because uh, he was super embarrassed by this uh, performance. And I actually didn't. I mean, was he good? No. Did he throw a pick six? Absolutely. But was was this like some earth shatteringly bad performance? I, I didn't. I uh, was- no, but I think he takes responsibility. Like the offense's performance, I think he takes as his. So we, I think he factors in the miscommunications, the penalties, the fumbles. Like I think he brings all that onto him. So maybe he takes more responsibility than he probably should and deserves. Yes. And I mean, Mike Reese, I heard him talk about that on fifth quarter. I mean, we've been talking about it since September. He's wound too tight. He mm-hmm. hasn't spent a lot of time losing in his life. So he doesn't really know how to lose. He hasn't spent a lot of time sucking in his life. So he doesn't really know how to suck and make no mistake. They have three losses. He turned the ball over twice in all three losses over the last month. Like he's directly tied into part of it. Now, far from the only one, Far, 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 far from. Yeah, if we're going down the list of uh, problems and people to blame, Mac Jones is probably not in the top four. Right, but he's the quarterback, and I understand, and and that's a, I think it's a good attribute to yep. put it on your shoulders and serve him well, probably moving forward. But they have systematic issues, I would say, like they or systemic, I guess it would be. Uh, that guy's going to be on me. Yeah, you like, for a change. Um. I just, my column last night is how I feel like, I don't know how you can feel good about their chances. I think you got the best case scenario taking on the bills, but I don't know how you can feel good about your chances because it starts with them and they're not playing good football. They know it. I will give everybody credit. There was no, there's no denial. There's no, 
you know, Devin McCourty, another performance like this, and that's it. Like, they know they are playing losing football, and there's not a team out there that they can play this way and sneak by, not even close. If they play the way they've played for the last month, it's going to be a short, short postseason return because, like, you look at I – would, I would say the bigger issue that I would have, almost from start to finish this year, we got lulled to a – the defense. Okay, let me just start over. The defense, which is good on paper, is bad on the football field. I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Like this, how many times is the other team just going to drive right down the field with like a 13 play drive, score seven? Hell, the Browns did it and the Browns got their ass kicked, but the first drive. Yep. And I don't know if I put, and then the flip side of it is the defense. Okay, now you start to play good in the middle of the game. And then at the end of the game, when you need the stop that you need, you never get the stop you need. And that's from essentially week one through week 17, 18, yep. the same freaking thing. Just so, somewhere in the middle, you played some soft competition that you inflated the numbers and people, you know, got so obsessed with the defense and number one ranked and this and that. But the fact of the matter is like, they're not, they're not playing into what they should be. No. And they don't do anything well. And I know some of like the numbers, like two or through for 50, whatever yards on the first drive. And then only ended up with like, 109 yards passing and like three yards passing in the second half and whatever that is. But I, I, okay. I'm just going to say it. I have no faith in the defense, zero faith in the defense right now. They can't stop the run. They can't pressure the quarterback. They can't cover when they need to. No faith. Quick aside that means not much to us, but I want to get your instant reaction. We get some breaking NFL news. Brian Flores out in Miami. Um, I find that stunning. Me too. Um, I also find that, could that be an indication that, <coughs> that Deshaun Watson's going to Miami that, that, cause I know there was a discussion at the time that Flores had sold Steven Ross upon his arrival, a long, slow, proper build from within blah, blah, blah. Is it possible that Deshaun Watson, the quick fix that Steven Ross wants that and Flores isn't, an, maybe I'm overthinking this. Maybe I'm. Maybe it's just a team that they feel like isn't going enough in the right direction, had a seven game losing streak to start the year. It could be as simple as that. Also could be as simple as maybe Flores is all in on Tua and they're not all in on Tua. I would also say his whole flippancy with both free agents and assistant coaches. I was just going to say they've had a different OC every year he's been there. Right. And then they signed Van Oy and cut Van Oy. And like, I'm not sure. The con- even if you're even if you're Stephen Ross and you, he sold you on the consistent build, okay. How come it's not a consistent build? How are we consistently building if you have a new offensive coordinator every year and if you're signing guys and then cutting guys? So, I, I am, I am mildly interested in that though because you know what that means he's um, available for uh, Patriots consulting duties. I mean they've done it before with Dable. They've done it before with McDaniel's. Oh, you're saying right now. He's available as of today to consult with the New England Patriots on defense. And, oh, by the way, he coaches in the division, so he's pretty familiar with the Buffalo Bills. Right. And you. It'd be pretty funny if Joe Judge gets let go and they all come back and they just have this big uh, ex-head coach consulting room. Um, I'd be more interested in Joe Judge because not a big fan of Joe Judge. think he's kind of a dink and can be really rude and disrespectful and unprofessional to people. Um. His special teams never sucked the way the special teams suck right now. Yeah, good, good segue. Uh, is Cam Akers' job on the line? Probably not. 
I think anywhere else but New England, it would be, probably should be. And this isn't personal. It's a results-based business. And I've watched enough NFL where when I read week to week out of X city that had a punt blocked, had two more key special teams penalties that gave the other team X number of points. Mm -hmm. When you have those things, it almost automatically leads to the special teams coach getting canned. Usually like, oh, the head coach has taken over special teams duties for the remainder of the season or or whatever. Um, I had to ask you, did you catch it? So um, number of issues yesterday, the fake punt that Brandon Bolden gets called for the unnecessary roughness, um, which we can talk about that specific later. Then you had the most hellacious play, which was (coughs) Lawrence Guy uh, lining up over the center, which uh, gave a first down. I don't know how many times they've given first downs on special teams this year, but it's too many. Um, After the guy penalty, I believe, I thought Cam Acord, is it Accord or Acord? I can stop learning it now. He might be gone soon. Um, I thought he and Matthew Slater were kind of going at it on the sideline. Not in a, like... Like combative, like almost going to blows, but kind of a clear disagreement. Yeah, it just looked like Slater might have said not not these words because i don't think he says these words but you know what the f like what like like he almost wouldn't have known because slater isn't over the center necessarily like i just that would be alarming to me if if matthew slater and acord are somehow kind of butting heads or like that's not cam Akert's fault no i don't understand it i i mean it'd be one thing if it was you know, some practice squad call up undrafted rookie defensive lineman. You'd be like, what the bleep? But it's understandable. Maybe we didn't go over it. Okay, now that's coaching. But Lawrence Guy, I mean, right. at, in terms of professionals that you would trust, he's got to be pretty high on the Patriots he's list. Probably, he's in the top five for sure. Right? So I, I don't it, – it's inexplicable. And, and I think that's the only way to describe their special teams failures this year is – inexplicable because they've come in so many ways and from so many trusted players i i don't i don't have the answer i'm guessing bill doesn't have the answer clearly cam doesn't have the answer on the same topic we talked about it off air the bolden penalty i'm sorry that's a penalty yeah i he led with his head and we need to stop saying he didn't make contact he made contact but with his shoulder the his helmet I don't know the punter's name, whatever, um, hit him in the shoulder. There was contact there. And there wasn't a lot of it, but it was still contact. And by the definition of law, he led with his head and made contact. It doesn't matter how much it is. It doesn't need to be how much helmet. He he had bad form. He didn't follow the rules. Correct. I mean, in the old days, that was called spearing. Yeah. Like you're 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 a missile using your helmet. So I and I didn't understand the blind reaction to it. Um, so and they got caught off guard, it looked like too. Which, what they Miami special teams, they always do stuff like that. You shouldn't be caught off guard by that. I agree. And that might be the worst part of that play. Forget the penalty or the decision to lower your helmet or whatever. Um, they were they were caught off guard a little bit by that. And the guy, the guy was going to get, I get I, the punter, by the way, made that play happen because don't be a, a, a Punani, go for the first down. He right. wasn't getting the first down. No, if, it was a weird, weird decision to slide. If Bolden hadn't touched him, if Bolden just put his hands up, he would have slid and been like a yard short. Right, because you're, you're marked when you start right, when you start the slide. And so that would be my other thing. Be a man, punter. I know you're just a punter, but this is your opportunity. Go for it. Dive. Get the first down. 
All right, let's spin it to the to the Bills or, or Patriots in general. They're uh, already done with this game. Yeah, because I don't think clearly they didn't play very well, but like there's no need to go back and you know go through the all 22s and this and that. It doesn't really matter. You're on to Buffalo. Well, but but let me ask you a simple question that is in relation to the slow starts. Isn't that another example of coaching? Yeah. I mean, it has to be. I mean, it's been asked every single week, and I don't know if there's probably not a uh, answer to give. There's no, like, oh, you know, we, you know, our warm-up stunk, so we came out flat. Like, there's no commonality, but it's happened too many times. And especially on defense where, okay, so you make decent adjustments, but is the game plan stinking coming in? Are you getting out-coached, out-schemed during the week? Mm-hmm. Is is not good. And I know – Yesterday's slow start on offense is a little different because it had the pick six. Yeah, that was you're right. It was one play. I mean, you can't. But it also could have just been a three and out. Now, That's what score, I mean. Right. The, the the score would have been different, but the the effect would have been the same. The other team went on a long scoring drive. Mm-hmm. You go three and out. You can't do anything offensively. So, you know, I've had a lot of people, you know, sort of tweeting me and interacting, and some people that are like friends texting me. They think this is the worst coached Belichick team. Well, it's funny because people said that at the beginning of the year, then Bill was going to win coach of the year, and now right. we're back to this. So it's yep. probably somewhere in the middle. I don't think it's been a great coaching job, but I don't think it's as bad as it's been. I think this kind of – you have to factor in. You have a rookie quarterback. You have a lot of new free agents. Like, it's not a veteran Patriot team that guys have been here for so long, so maybe you have to chalk it up that you're going to have some of these mistakes. Yeah, that's why in my column I wrote, they're exactly what their record says they are. They're 10 and seven. They're a wild card team. They're better than they were last year. They have more talent than they were last year. They can beat up on crappy teams. They can beat mediocre teams and they come up short generally against good teams. Like, I don't think there's any, um, now you're right. Week to week, we ride the roller coaster or, you know, winning streak, losing streak, Mm -hmm. you know, this month, that month, but they're pretty much like I started the year calling them a nine and eight team. Oh, wow. You're 10 and seven. Like, now, you could have made me look bad. You had the chance to win games in there that would have made you an 11, 12, yep. 13 win team. You didn't. You finished. like, And you probably could have lost some games you won. Houston would be an example. So you probably finished where you should finish, which is a road playoff team. You earned this right to be in the playoffs, but you didn't earn the right to be a Super Bowl contender or a number one seed contender or all of that. But I just think it's interesting that you can point to more on special teams and defense, but at times all three phases, are they, are they poorly coached? It's a valid question. And to say that about a Bill Belichick team, a Josh McDaniels team, hell, a Gerard Mayo team, like if Gerard Mayo is going to be a head coaching candidate in Houston or Chicago or wherever Mm. to say you arguably have three head coaches on staff, three, um, why are we so poorly coached? Right. And remember, I, like, I'm not just reacting to this week. Early in the year, how many men we got on defense? Well, 10, 11, 12, we pick it. We, 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 we estimate at times. Like, this has been an issue in a lot of oh, areas. Two years now. Yeah. So, and, and like, I, I say, you know, probably not crazy. You know, you, in so many of his, his staffs had great, assistants who were head coach material on but that's what this is supposed to be the next generation of this josh is supposed to be a head coach mayo's a future head coach like 
so I don't, I don't know what to make of it, but it's, it's not good. And you're right. It's funny how we've ridden the roller coaster, crappy coach team, Belichick coach of the year. They should just name the award after him. Really? Do we name the award after guys who give up three blocked punts and whose special teams right. make mistake after mistake? Like a little, little over the top there. So yeah, I don't, I don't know what to make of this team other than the Parcells is right. They're 10 and seven. They're fine. But at the end of the day, isn't it kind of what we said this year is still can be labeled as a success. They made the playoffs. They finished 10 and seven. They got 10 wins with the rookie quarterback. They made the postseason. They've supposedly found their quarterback of the future. Maybe you don't know how good he will turn out to ultimately be, but you know, you have your guy like interesting word choice, supposedly. Yeah. I, I don't think that he's your quarterback for the next, I think he'll play out his rookie contract, but I don't think he's shown that he's deserving of a second contract yet. Oh God. No. I mean, it, it'd be hard to really do that as a rookie. Right. Uh, that's what I'm saying. Like he hasn't been over the top impressive. He's been good. He's been fine. But I think there is some, he's left the door open on numerous occasions where you'd like to see him take that next step and show that he could be special. And he hasn't. Right. But he's doing something that is borderline special. He's going to the postseason as a yeah. rookie and all his numbers are borderline special for and I, I should also say too like he's doing all this with a very sub poor receiving core so yeah. I, I would like to see him with better options to throw to yeah and that that will be the the telltale sign like you give him really good ingredients can make a really good meal we know he can make an average meal that keeps the kids happy we got chicken fingers and french fries on the plate kids are happy but can he make a gourmet meal i don't know um but i do think you you're hearing a little bit more of the whispers the Jermaine Wiggins of the world that, you know, what was his line that Max a passenger for the mm -hmm. Patriots? I don't know if he's a passenger, but I'm not sure he's, he's on, know, he's on, he's on an elevator, but he's not a guy that's going to elevate the team. Like he's not going to, he's not going to hurt. I mean, he's not, he's on a physical elevator. I, I, I was like, I thought we were talking about like a train or a car. Now we're talking about an elevator. What does that mean? You confused me there. Yeah, no, he doesn't. He's not ready to lift all of the people around him. Yeah. He's ready to kind of do his part, steer it, but he can't like press the gas. And I think that's part of his frustration. Like, cause he goes back and forth with the idea that he's one of 11 or I'm the quarterback and I have to do more. Mm -hmm. And I think he, like, I think that's a struggle for him. Like he wants to do more, needs to do more, probably knows he's not quite ready to do more. Like it is a process. So I think he does struggle with that a little, but I, I don't know. I think we we're going to overreact to this last month. We're going to overreact if they go lose in Buffalo. And then maybe two weeks later, you'll step back and say, I don't know. I think things are looking pretty good. Like you competed for, you got back to the playoffs. You competed for the division title. You had a nice winning streak. You got your quarterback. Like I think the pros will maybe outweigh the cons. In the I big totally agree. But right now the cons feel like they're outweighing the pros. Yes. Yes. Um, we, you alluded to it. Um, Buffalo is the best case scenario for them, I think, because they can, like, I don't, if, you were right about Cincinnati. They're, they're pretty damn good. Like the, the Patriots trying to match up against the Bengals weapons. I don't know how they could, could handle that. And, and Zach, I know the, the snarky Zoes of the world that Zach Taylor was like crying because they made the play. Yeah, I mean, that was stupid. And like, I, I don't think that's a good quality for your head coach, but as you keep telling me, the players are the ones that win the game. So 
Zach yeah. Taylor could be crying all he wants to the sidelines, but if Joe Burrow's throwing 40-yard touchdowns to Jamar Chase every play, it doesn't really matter. And if Zach Taylor is making, you know, good game plans and the right calls and things of that nature, whereas, you know, the flip side is everybody's in love with Brandon Staley because he gives good press conferences and he talks about all these various things. Well, he sucks as a coach. He just flat out sucks as a coach. Like, I'm sorry, fourth and one from your own, whatever it was, 18 yard line in, in what is essentially a playoff game. And you kick, I mean, you go for it and give the other team three points, like, Take your analytics, lube them up real nice, and shove them straight up your ass because you're a losing football coach. And then the timeout at the end, he he literally took his team out of the playoffs. His team was in the playoffs, and he took them out of the playoffs. So, you know, <coughs> we're going to be reassessing all these coaches because, again, I'm not the biggest Sean McDermott fan. So I think there's a chance either coach on the other sideline next weekend could lay an egg. Mm. The question is, will the talent lay an egg on either sideline? And I – both teams aren't physical, but I think that the Patriots could potentially, if, if they, again, play the game on their terms and play it their way, they could use their physicality running game to their advantage and beat Buffalo. They've already shown they can do that. So we don't know what would happen against the Bengals. We haven't seen it. I just think the Patriots know what they're going to get in Buffalo. They can kind of go back to that and hopefully, for their sake, ride the momentum. So I just wanted to look up. Yeah, there's um, Saturday. Temperature during the day in Orchard Park, 19, dropping to 14 in the night. Um, five to 10 mile an hour winds during the day, one to three inches of snow, less than an inch of accumulation at night. So there could be winds look like they're not going to be a major factor, but there could be some cold and accumulating uh, precipitation, uh, which I think could slightly help the Patriots maybe. Yeah. I, I'm you can still throw the ball in that weather. If that's say, weather as long as the wind's not a factor, you can throw the right. ball in, in negative temperatures. And, and I think Josh Allen, like, I think Josh Allen may have gotten a little Patriot monkey off his back in the uh, final yep. the second matchup during the regular season. Um, and if that's true, then I would be concerned if, if you're And a reminder, he did that without two of his better weapons. Correct. But I just think, like, he went from unsure to, like, cock of the walk like bleep that Jason, that was one of his best nfl games yeah and and i think he's i think he's ready for the patriots i i don't i don't think he i think he probably looks at this defense the way we did in training camp and say wait a minute you're gonna put jalen mills on the field every play and he goes <laughs> miles go. miles bryant like oh yeah miles bryant too everything. thanks for help guys like i'm gonna go after that <laughs> so I think that's that's the one thing that I would, you know, Joe Burrow I like, but you don't know exactly how he's going to play in his first. He could be overhyped. Mm-hmm. I think Josh Allen might have settled into who Josh Allen is, and that could be bad for the Patriots on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, we're not going to pick the game yet, but I think that, you know. I'll take the Bills. Oh, you already got him With the points, four, four and a half? We'll see. Um, uh, I could see it being – Bill straight up, but give me those points. I could see it being a, a it, tougher game. I know it's, it, it's stupid, but it depends how the game plays out. Like if the Patriots get the ball first and score and get some momentum, then it could be a tight game. But if Buffalo goes down and scores and it's a three and out and they're down two scores, it's over. Uh, oh, and yeah. It could, be, they, and it could be a route. If they play from behind, it's – it's te- well, speaking of which, um, groundswell on my Twitter <coughs> – <coughs> apologize for the coughing. 
uh, groundswell on my Twitter, at least, uh, for stop effing deferring. The defense just gives up a drive. Stop deferring. Um, any any feeling on that? Take, yeah, I'd consider it. Like, take if you win the toss, take the ball. Yeah, yeah. I would. They've done, it, they've done it a few times. I forget the exact scenarios and what was in play, but they've been no, they've done that a couple of times. The only thing I would say is there's no saying that, A, you haven't started great offensively, so you could turn it over and or punt. Yeah, it could be the same thing, just reversed. Yeah. The, the defense still has to play its opening drive with its plan versus the offense's plan and, and actually do something. <coughs> we can get into this later, but who are uh, like who's your most important – if the Patriots beat the Bills – Who's the most important player not named Mac Jones? Matt Judon. I was just going to say that. I think he has sucked for about a month now. Um, setting the edge. I don't think he's been a consistent, effective pass Bad penalties, taking a lot of penalties. Like, And I know he's not getting the holding calls that are costing them the games, according to everybody on Twitter. Um, but I think that's been one of the biggest changes, is Matt Judon is not playing at a at an all-pro or defensive player the – do you happen to see the starting lineups when they made Jamie Collins a pro bowler no. on a game yesterday? Yeah. Uh, sorry to interrupt myself, but yeah, they had like the starting lineup and it was like pro bowlers and it said Matthew Judon and it said Jamie Collins. And I'm like, what? He barely plays. He's only playing because Hightower's he, he also said that Collins has like been with the Patriots his entire career. Like, no, did you, did you miss the years that he went? To? Yeah, well, that was not a great crew. Not, not a great broadcast crew. No. But we've learned there aren't many great broadcast crews out there. Not enough to go around. Um, but yeah, I think Judon is the wild card. Cause I think he was really good early in the year, um, and has really faded to almost nothing over the last month plus to the point where I think he got pulled yesterday. I pulled twice. Yeah. After, and, after the, the penalty. And then there was another where he didn't set the edge. He got pulled. Yes. And that, that may be, that's interesting. I don't know what to read into that, whether they think he's not doing what they ask him to do. So get the hell out. Cause I, if you just physically get beat, I don't know that you get pulled. Right. But if you're not doing what we ask you to do, playing the way we ask you to play. Um, I wonder if that's why, but if, if he doesn't play well, I think that's the first step towards the defense, not playing well. And we should mention the Barmore thing. If, if Barmore's not out there, I think that's a blow to Huge. the defense. Um, and you're already thin in the secondary. We don't know. Duggar and Hightower, they they both inactive, what mm -hmm. their status is. So you could be a little bit more undermanned on defense going against theoretically a healthier Bills team that's ready to spread you out. They're playing their best football like that. Whatever happened at halftime in Tampa Bay, they somehow found something because they've yep. won they've obviously lost that game, but they won whatever four games after that, and they're they're playing pretty well after we thought they were down and out after the loss to the Patriots. If there's a Bills four games to glory, I think that will be a, a focal point. Whatever they halftime, Tampa, show some fight, save the season, maybe save your head coach, maybe save everything moving forward. Uh, I agree. And I do think they're playing pretty good football. And that's the biggest issue. The Patriots aren't. Like, this is – you've had players had to use the phrase flush it twice in, what, three weeks? Their margin for error is so small. Like they need to play a full 60 minutes in all three phases. If they don't do that, they, they struggle to win. And that's what's happened. Like they've played, I don't know, 30 minutes of good football yesterday, but it wasn't enough. And 
it's weird because usually when you say full 60 minutes, it's about finishing. Oh, that team can't finish. They run out of gas. For this Patriots team, it's primarily starting, but also some of the finishing. And it's like the middle's okay. Like mm-hmm. if you like the first 10 minutes and the last 10 minutes aren't so hot. The other 40, they're not bad. The problem right. is the first 10 minutes and the last 10 minutes are costing them football games. Mm-hmm. Uh, one more thing before we go. I want to get your thoughts. You brought up to Mac Jones at the podium after the game. Pretty emotional. Um, why, why that extra emotion from him? Um, a, I think he just inherently hates losing. He's a bad loser. Hasn't lost a lot in his life. Hasn't sucked a lot in his life. Hasn't been the reason for losing a lot in his life. And those are all things that are coming to a head coming more frequently over the final month of the season. Yeah. I, we talked about it before we came on. I thought he looked like he might've actually been crying, had tears. I thought the same thing. That was my initial Uh, thought when he walked to the podium that he had tears coming down his eyes. So before. Yeah. So, you know, this is, this is all um, learning for him and struggles for him. And like, there's going to be bad and how he deals with the bad is part of how much he'll evolve and develop into how good he is. Um, Again, I don't think it was a super embarrassing performance by him um, any more so than it was a super embarrassing performance by the Patriots um, in a, in a house of horrors. We should, you know, acknowledge that it's still Miami stuff still happens in Miami. Um, They still struggle there for whatever reason. Two and nine, Bill Belichick era, December, January games in Miami. That's, that's pretty crazy. And I know the players have at least started to acknowledge McCourty. Well, first off, it's hard to go from hot, from cold to hot. Like it, it's different. It changes. You feel different. I don't know if that can totally explain all of it. That seems a bit much to me, but um, yeah, from Max perspective, it's a long season. Like as Rodney said, a few weeks ago, he hit the rookie wall since then. He has not been really good. Think about it. This is most games ever played. He won the national championship last year. He went right into the preparing for the draft and the combine and, and the workouts and all that. Then gets thrown on the new, a new playbook. He has to deal with the Cam Newton stuff in training camp. Beats him out. Then all of a sudden, hey, you're the starting quarterback for the Patriots. It's a lot for a whatever he is, 23 year old guy to handle. So I'm not saying it's you know on a, it's this shouldn't have happened, but there's reasons for all this coming together now. And he went what 13 and 0 with 45 touchdowns and mm-hmm. four picks or whatever mm-hmm. at Alabama. Like how how many times did he feel bad on a football field last year? literally for like, you could probably count the minutes. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, and I'm not talking about wins and losses or oh, you're like, right. he, brought, he threw a pick and then probably went back out on the field after a three down and threw a touchdown pass. Right. So it's probably like literally just minutes that he felt bad on a football field last year. Whereas this year they're 10 and seven. So right there, there's seven times we lost. He hates to lose. So he felt bad. Even in some of the wins, he didn't play great, made mm-hmm. some mistakes. Like, so just dealing with the emotion on top of everything else, like he also needs to, like he admitted, well, it was cover two, but I didn't see the outside guy there. Like the, the factual stuff, like seeing and digesting defenses and schemes and pressures. It, it's a long season. I think it's worn him down. Doesn't mean they can't win in Buffalo. Doesn't mean he can't win in Buffalo, but I think he will need some time to decompress whenever this ends, whether that's Saturday night, whether they steal a win and it's the week after, I think he's going to need some time to decompress. And I think when he, a lot like I think of the team, I think when he steps back and watches every game again and sees all the results, the wins, the losses, the mistakes, the touchdowns, he'll say, 
if we're being honest, I feel like I had a pretty good rookie year. Now I'm going to work my ass off to have a much better second year. All right. Uh, We'll be back later in the week to preview the Patriots bills playoff game. What do you think? Shoot for Thursday, maybe do earlier because of the early game. What do you want to do? Probably should shoot for Wednesday since it is a Saturday game and give a little more time for the preview to percolate. But some of that may have to do with whatever schedule the Patriots put forth this week for media and access and interviews and players. And, you know, I'd like to be able to hear from Mac Jones, for example, Yep. during the middle of the week, maybe do it after Max access this week. Although we'll get a little taste of that when a uh, very little taste of it when we talk to the Merloni and Fourier on our station this afternoon. But um, yeah, either wet, either later Wednesday or early on Thursday. All right. Uh, enjoy the uh, postseason. Once again, after last year, I think this is good for Patriots fans that, you know, you're playing in the playoffs and you can actually watch the games with some rooting interest and not just uh, trying to be a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan. Yeah. Let's, let's end this podcast on a positive. You have a rookie quarterback who looks pretty good and you're in the playoffs. Nobody can take that away from you in, in the next week. Nobody. All right. We'll talk to you uh, later in the week. Peace out.